Today on CityCast Boise, Republican lawmakers at the Capitol are once again considering a bill aimed at books. But in more liberal Boise, are librarians feeling the pressure or are they insulated from this culture war? We're finding out with Jessica Dorr, the director of the Boise Library. Plus, she has tips for how to make best use of your library card. It's Tuesday, February 13th. I'm Frankie Barnhill, and this is what Boise's talking about. Jessica, thanks so much for coming on CityCast Boise. We're so excited to talk about libraries. Thank you, Frankie. I am really delighted to be here today. We are big library fans here at CityCast Boise, so uh, it was high time for us to have you on the show. And I want to pull back a little bit, you know, as you're well aware, uh, across the country, really, there have been these questions about book bans, uh, putting new restrictions on public libraries. And of course, in Idaho, um, at the at the Capitol in Boise, there's been a lot of that talk and different bills have been uh, circulating this session as well as the last couple sessions. Is this a problem? The question of, you know, the concern around what kids are being exposed to and inappropriate content. Is that a problem at the Boise Public Library, do you think? I want to start by being very clear and saying that there is no problem at the Boise Public Library or any library in Idaho. There is no pornography in our children's section. There's no pornography in our libraries. There are no obscene materials, and there are no materials that I would consider harmful to minors. Is all this scrutiny of libraries new, do you think, when you look at, you know, and think about this as someone who's the leader of a library system in Idaho? Or how do you and your colleagues think about these fresh attacks on libraries and books? I really like that question because there are waves of efforts to limit materials and to limit who has access. And we've seen it in, you know, in multiple eras in our country's history. I think what's interesting to me too is just how embedded in the history of the United States is the idea of a public library that is free and open to all. Um, when you think about some of the first public libraries that were community funded, that weren't subscription-based, that really were no matter your income level, you were welcome, those started in the U.S. And so you even see it in a lot of libraries around the country. They'll have chiseled into the cornerstone, free to all. And that is such an American ideal. And so from the historical perspective, I see those challenges throughout the history of public libraries. I'm sad we're going through one right now. Um, But I also know how valuable the role of the library is and how much the people of Boise appreciate having a library that provides equitable access and opportunity for everyone in our community. And that is the part that I, uh, when we have days that are rough, that is the part that I remember. Yeah, a, a mission like that would help you get out of bed. I, I would think in the morning, even when it's and when it's rough, and and there's all these uh, all these things that are circulating that are out of your control. I would say you know a lot of the calls for banning certain books seem to stem from forces with an agenda at our state legislature. Um, it's fair to say that it's a Christian perspective, a very white perspective, and an anti-LGBTQ perspective in many cases. 
the public library is supposed to be for everyone, as you just said. So how how is the Boise Public Library specifically navigating being in the spotlight or being one of the libraries that's in the spotlight in this current political climate? In 2022, we did a community survey and we heard loud and clear from the community that they appreciate and they expect that we have materials that are uh, represent all members of our community. And so we take that really seriously. We are trusted um, to make sure that we have voices um, that people can see. We talk about this in our collection development work. We talk about wanting to have a window and a mirror. Um, so that mirror is where people can look at our materials and see themselves reflected. Hmm. Um, so that means you know who they are, their identity, their history, their culture. Um, we want to have that in our community and that window. People are come to the library because they're interested in about learning new things, learning about new people, learning about new places. Um, so we really want to make sure that we are providing that wide variety and focus on how do we make sure you see yourself reflected, but also how can you learn about someone who may be different than you. Just to be clear, are you hearing complaints about certain books being available in Boise libraries and what happens when there is a complaint? We very rarely have formal requests for reconsideration, um, but we've worked with our board of trustees to have a very clear process. Uh, it's available on our website that will help um, really provide guidance to the public, uh, to staff, uh, to me as the director and our board. Um, and one of the things, Frankie, this is this to me was such a learning moment. Um, the very first two requests for reconsideration that I was aware of, you know, when I joined the library, when we went and did the research, okay, how did this book come into our collection? How did we learn about this title and decide to purchase it? Because that was a book that somebody in our community was had said we don't. I don't think this book belongs at the Boise Public Library. When we went back and looked at where that book came from, it was a Boise cardholder that had requested that we purchase that book. So there's where you see the wide range um, of beliefs and interests. And so we really want to be responsive to our community and our community has a wide range. So actually in that case, when we went back to the people that said, hey, I don't think that the this is a book that should be in the library. When we said, you know, this was a book that we purchased because somebody in the community wanted it and found it of value. I think people really understand that. And then they realize, oh, I want the library to respect my choice. What people want to read is deeply personal. Um, and we want to make sure that people understand we're making, we are really prioritizing having everybody have that opportunity to make their own decisions about what is of interest to them, what they want um, to select to read themselves or for their families. Um, but they also expect um, that, that other families aren't making decisions for them. Um, yeah. And so that to us is really important. That's such an interesting example because, of course, it kind of points to this, what I think is a hypocrisy sometimes with uh, Idaho being a place that really prides itself on being fiercely independent and allowing people, you know, I'll do my thing, you do yours, we keep out of each other's business, and then these kind of things come up. 
So you said, Jessica, that, yeah, this uh, process is well laid out on your website, and we'll link to that. Could you just go through it really quickly? Like, what happens if if I see a book in the section for kids that I think is inappropriate, then what? Well, first, what we'd like you to do is, is fill out a request for a reconsideration form. Um, it's important, number one, that you need to be a resident of Boise and a Boise cardholder. Okay. This prevents sort of frivolous requests coming from people who aren't invested in the community and who are not Boise taxpayers. Um, that form, and um, we'll ask you some of the questions about where you found it and um, where you think it should belong and what are your objections. You know, sometimes books might be in the wrong section. And so the request is, no, I think this might be a children. You have it in the children's section. I think it may be a teen book or you have it in a teen section. I think it might be in the adult section. So the first step in once that form is submitted to us, our collection development staff uh, really review that carefully and take it seriously. They look at that and that has actually resulted in us moving materials. Okay. Uh, we may agree, say, oh, you know, you're right. That was a, a teen graphic novel, but we've reviewed it again and we will put it in the adult section. Or, you know, this is a, a, a book that you have in your youth section, it's probably better suited for teens. Um, there's lots of ways that we evaluate, um, looking at sort of the grade level it was at, where the publishers think it be, where should reviewers think it be. Um, and, but we will make uh, and have certainly made some adjustments because um, that actually helps people find things as well. Yeah. Every um, request ha- uh, that is formally submitted has a formal response and there's also then an appeal process. Uh, if our staff uh, response uh, is not sufficient for someone, they, they do have opportunities uh, to take it to me as the director uh, and then the board. And the uh, board has the opportunity to really make sure that we were following all, all of our processes and how that book was added to the collection uh, and how it was located where we located it. I'm sure you're very aware that recently the Idaho um, Library Association did like an informal survey among librarians. And this, of course, is a statewide survey. And the results were scary. Like so many librarians, I think it was 60 percent of librarians said across the state that they're considering leaving Idaho based on the fact that, you know, they've been under attack essentially for several years now with all these bills. How do you think the morale in the Boise library system is? Oh, Frankie, thank you for asking that, because I also was quite frankly stunned by that survey. And I shouldn't have been because I've lost colleagues. Um, I've lost good directors, good staff that have done exactly that. They've left the state or they've left the profession. Uh, And that's a real loss for all of us. That means that the people who know the community the best don't feel that they're valued. And, you know, when you think about, I know so many people that talk to me about staff that used to work here at Boise Public Library and how when they walked in as a child, that librarian knew their name and that librarian had a book for them that they knew that they would be excited in. We're losing that value. We're losing that connection. Um, And I think that is really you know, the result of continued uh, attacks on our profession and the misrepresentation of what we do and what we value is undoubtedly uh, going to continue. Um, So it makes me really sad. 
Yeah, that is really sad. Um, are you hearing from colleagues in Boise specifically that they're leaving in part because of these bills, or is it a combination of issues? This is absolutely that threat of, you know, I could go, I, I could be sued um, providing mm-hmm. a book that somebody doesn't like. That is a threat that nobody went into uh, the library profession uh, with an expectation that that'd be something that could be a reality. Yeah. Yeah. So the chilling effect, without actually even having any of these bills be passed as of yet, as of when we're recording this, uh, it's still affecting things. I wonder, stepping back a little bit, I mean, one of the elements, especially like the downtown library, I think about that space often and, uh, you know, is a place not only for books and for uh, reading hours and all kinds of activities, but it's also kind of a front line for a, a place where vulnerable Boiseans go, especially given uh, rise in homelessness in our community, as well as um, folks who are experiencing mental health issues. I know that there was a full-time mental health coordinator that was hired during the pandemic. Um, How's that going? How's that position going to kind of uh, work with that population in particular? Oh, this is such an important investment um, that the Board of Trustees and City Council made in the library. Uh, We have on staff now uh, our mental health coordinator. This is a person who is a licensed social worker, and she makes all of us more effective. Um, Her skill set is so complementary to the skill set that my library staff have. She's able to navigate social services, in a way that we just don't have um, the knowledge of how to do. She spends considerable time with outreach, coordinating uh, with service providers so that we are able to reach our most vulnerable. Um, she helps us you know, make sure that, in the, that, that any service that is available, we're able to take advantage of it as a system. Um, because I know people think about uh, the downtown as a place uh, where we see most of those services because of the location. But we see people in all of our branches that are struggling. Hmm. Um, and we know how valuable that is. And also, quite frankly, how challenging it is to staff. You know, we're trusted. Right. We're respected. We know that when people come in the door, they won't be judged. Um, and so when a staff person is faced with someone who says, I don't have a place to sleep tonight or my children haven't eaten, or I lost my job and I can't make rent. We want to provide as much help to that person. Uh, and having you know Ashley on our staff, we can very quickly connect people for some of those in-depth, really life-altering interventions. Um, and I've heard criticism of that scope creep. Libraries shouldn't be involved in that. And I just have to say, we meet people where they are. Hmm. And when they come in with a need, we're going to do everything we can to make sure we help fulfill it. So you see this as, um, and I know the city council passed it, not just during the pandemic, obviously, to create this position, but you see this as a long-term need, most likely, a a position that you want to see filled long-term. This, we uh, looked at the first year of data of how many people we are serving and the quality of those interventions. And quite frankly, we are trying to figure out how do we scale. Mm. Um, You know, we have one person who we think about, okay, how quickly can she 
uh, find a resource and how quickly can we get that to all uh, five of our locations? Um, because there's only one of her. And so, you know, she's a permanent position within the library and, and the need that we are seeing um, is quite frankly growing. Um, yeah. And particularly now that people are aware of her um, connections and her capacity, uh, we really want to make sure that we're thoughtful about how we are leveraging really her unique skill set to benefit as many people as possible. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything new or coming up that you want to share about what's going on at the Boise Libraries? Well, I would be absolutely remiss if I did not put out a, a plug for all the fabulous programs. And there are just too many for me to list. So I really encourage everyone to go to boisepubliclibrary.org and look at everything that's going on. We have baby story times, family story times, pajama story times, music and movement. We have crafting. <laughs> We've got therapy dogs. We've got tax help. We have everything you could possibly imagine in person. We've got tons of online resources. And really, I just want to make sure that everybody in Boise has a Boise Public Library card and uses it because there are so many free resources. We talked about, you know, people are struggling right now. Yeah. Um, costs continue to go up. Um, and this is the, the most valuable card in your wallet is a library card that allows you access to movies and music and books. Um, they're all free. Come in, go online. We love to bring everybody an opportunity, um, whether it's a cozy mystery, whether it is a, a romance, whether it is a science fiction book. Um, we just want to make sure that you're using your library card uh, because there is absolutely going to be something that will delight you. Yeah, those digital resources, especially like mind blown with like free audiobooks, so many different options out there. Um, I also think about and I just we'll wrap up here in a second. I want to hear what books you're reading, Jessica, or what books you've been reading and want to recommend to people. But, um, you know, it's kind of this idea of this third space, right? We talk about this on the podcast often that, you know, it's a place that's not home. It's a place that's not work. And ideally, it's free and easily accessible. And in Idaho, we don't have many of those options, um, really. And in the U.S. in general. And uh, Boise, you know, I feel like the library is it. That is the spot. Um, and so just being able to access that place and have it be somewhere that people can feel comfortable and excited to go to every day. Um, I know that that's a big part of life in Boise. So, okay, before I go, what are you reading? What, what, <laughs> well, what's I, in your queue? <laughs> right now, I am for the third year in a row uh, challenging myself with our ultimate book nerd challenge. Oh, you're, you're doing it. Yes, okay. I am. R remind us what this is really quickly. So this is, an, and this was actually something that came out of uh, a community request. Help us read new material. Help us find a wider range of materials. So every year, my fabulous team puts together a list of 50 categories, and you get to read a book in those categories. Um, Sometimes you know it'll be a, a mis or read a book set on two continents, or a book that takes place in the 1920s, or a book from a certain section of the Dewey Decimal System. It's such an absolutely fabulous way of expanding your reading horizons. I have 
always learned an entirely new genre that I didn't know existed. Um, <laughs> 50 books in a year. So that means like one book a week, essentially. Essentially. But there's also, you know, um, there's ways that you can, if you want to come to one of our ultimate book nerd meetups, you can get recommendations. I think one, I think it, one of the books this year is a chapter book. So we try to make it a huge variety and absolutely doable. Absolutely doable. Okay. Um, the category that I'm reading right now is a book about um, the moon. Mm. Um, so I am reading a book that was just recently published about how the moon was created and how it shaped us over time. It's fascinating. I never would have picked it up uh, without this huh. challenge. Wow. Okay. I love that. It sounds a little daunting, but I get it. It's like a stretch goal, the 50 books in a year, and it just gets people engaged and finding new things. It's a stretch goal, but you've got a whole team to support absolutely, you. <laughs> our Facebook group is hugely active. They'll cheer you on. They'll recommend things so, so we can make sure that you are successful if that is something that you want to join us with. Oh my gosh, fabulous. Uh, any other books you want to shout out that you've enjoyed recently? Well, I want to actually, no, I want to turn this and ask you what you're reading. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I'm really into mysteries right now. Uh, I just feel like it's, I don't know, I'm just in a zone of mystery. So I'm actually reading like an old Agatha Christie <laughs> anthology that I picked up at a library. Um, and that's been fun. Kind of like the perfect balance of I want to read to the next page, but also it's gentle so I can like read it before I go to bed and not have nightmares or anything. <laughs> and I feel like that's when I do most of my reading is right before bed, really. It's kind of a wind down activity for me. Another mystery series that I liked that I got first uh, the first one at the Boise Public Library was do you know the Thursday Murder uh, Club yes, Mysteries yes. <laughs> yeah by uh, Richard Osman so um, yeah it's super fun it's a series about these four British pensioners uh, who are living in like an old folks home and they find themselves solving mysteries as their activity and it's a hoot it's really well, fun I have to tell you that you have actually just done one of the categories for this year which oh. is a protagonist over 65 excellent so look at that you, you are on your way to being an ultimate <laughs> book nerd okay good well, that makes me feel better. Like I could, I could join now and already have a couple things down. That's great. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Well, happy reading. Thanks so much, Jessica, for coming on and talking about the Boise Library System. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. I love talking about the library and I really hope that I get to see you in the stacks. All right, that's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, tell your local librarian about us. We'll be back tomorrow morning with Minerva Jane's most delicious soup recommendations. See you then.